Hello, and thank you for tuning in to today's service from Harvest Church in Silver City, New Mexico. We hope this encourages you and brings you closer to the Lord. Now, today's word from Pastor Clyde. Everybody turn your Bibles to Psalms, the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. Quick, short verse, but it's so much power in this one verse that I, just, I can't wait to share it to you. It's so good. Psalms, the book of Psalms. How many of you ever read the entire Bible? Entire Bible. Okay. Hey, I encourage you to read the entire Bible. There's a plan. You could read it in a year. Um, Psalms is fun, man. It's like, it's like songs. There was a time in my life. Um, I'll never forget this. Um, how many of you have ever heard my story of getting jumped at the shop class? How many of you heard that story? All right, cool. I'll retell it again soon. Nobody's heard that, so that's really good. Um, but this, that, that, that is like kind of... Um, like, it's, it's pivotal of, of, of who we are uh, or, or the things that I tell here at our church because uh, so many things happened in that moment of getting jumped. How many know that that's, uh, that's a good testimony, praise God? Um, uh, not that I got jumped, but just I learned so many things. But, but there was a time where I was so afraid of, of my enemy, right? And, uh, and, and, and it kept me from being who I was because as a kid, um, I'm a lot, I was a lot like I am now. I love to joke. I love to hang out with people. I love to be around people. I love to be the life of the party. Like I love to do all those things. And, and, and because of this one instance, it kept me from being who I was. And, and I remember I was literally turning to anything and everything to get rid of this, of this enemy that, that orchestrated the jumping of Clyde Woods. Okay. And so, so I remember, man, I, I remember like, um, uh, I'll never forget this. My, I wish my mom was here because these stories are so true, but it's like it's better if she can affirm them, right? But, but I remember I even called, um, like there was this ad for like um, um, Church of the Latter-day Saints, okay? And it's like, call here if you have problems. I remember calling and the people show up at my house uh, and saying that, that we had inquired about this church. Like these are the things that, that, that I, I would do. Like, have, don't judge me for this, but there used to be these little like worry dolls. How many know, how many ever heard of worry dolls before? Maybe, maybe you never heard of them. Okay, but basically you would take these worry dolls and you would like say your worry and like be super weird about it and then like put it underneath your pillow and then like your worries were supposed to go away, okay? And, and those didn't work. And, and, and finally, I, I'm like, I don't even know what else to do. And I remember, I remember my mom had a Bible, and, 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 and she was not Christian. My family were not Christian. I'm like literally first-generation Christian, okay? But I just remember there was a Bible in the house. And I grabbed the Bible, didn't know where to turn to, and I just happened to open up to the book of Psalms. And I remember reading the book of Psalms, and this is where God started imparting how important the book of Psalms is. Because um, those of you that read it, it's like, it's, it's like you would read something like, Oh, Lord, um, please take away and kill the enemy that, that persecutes me. And I'm like, this is what I've been looking for, man. Those little dolls have not been doing it. But this, the word of God is like, like amen, kill the, you know, whatever you got to do uh, to get this enemy uh, out of my hair. And I remember that entire summer, I didn't go to the swimming pool. I didn't, I was not myself, right? I was, I wasn't doing the things that God had called me to do. And and, uh, and, and although I didn't know God at that time, he still had a plan for my life, right? And, and so, so, so being part of that, I remember uh, reading these psalms, and then I went back my, my, my next year in school, and he was gone, dude. It was, like, so cool. It was like, man, God, thank you. I don't know what happened to him. Hopefully, like, it's not the things you said right here, but, but I'm just glad he's gone out to get beat up this year. But, but here's the thing I know is that the enemy will keep you from being who you truly are by whispering lies to you. And what happens, if we're not careful, we will, 
we will try everything and anything except for the one thing that can get us out, which is Jesus. Okay, God, God has this great plan. Okay, I've asked this question a billion and one times in this church. But how many truly believe that God definitely has a plan for your life? Okay, raise your hand. Okay, how, how many believe that, that maybe God has a plan for my life? Okay, how many believe that God does not have a plan for my life? Okay, it's okay to be honest. But most of us in here, we raise our hand and we say, God has a plan for my life. And I can't picture God wanting something bad for me. Right? I can only picture God wanting something good for me. Right? And so, so I understand that choices, personal choices, can sometimes change those things. But, but I want you today to, to go into the understanding that God wants you to be you. He wants you to be you. In Psalms 138, go to 138. Sorry, I didn't tell you which Psalm it was. You're at chapter 1. You're like, where are we going? Let's read them all. Psalms 138, verse 8. And I have a little bit different translation. I have the English Standard Version. Uh, you may not have that version, but there's one particular word that I that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to, um, to to read to you here. So Psalms 138, verse eight. It's up on the screen too. The Lord will f- fulfill His purpose for me. I mean, if we could stop right there and preach eight weeks just on that, right? Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. How long? So how long does God love you? Okay. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Not too long ago, my, my wife and I had went over to some friend's house uh, to eat dinner. And, uh, and uh, how many love it when people invite you over for dinner? Amen? All right. And uh, we do too, if that's a hint. So if you guys want to cook. Um, but... We go over for dinner, and, and we eat and have a great time of talking and hanging out and just, you know, just doing whatever we do. And, and it, it comes time, you know, that, like, you don't really know what to do. Like, you're done eating. You're all sitting at the table, and, 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 and it's kind of basically that time to start cleaning up. And, and uh, I remember, you know, I get my plate, and, and I do how – many, how many of you do things different at other people's houses than you do at your own house? Okay, like, I don't ever clean the plate off. I just set it by the sink at my house. But at other people's houses, I'm, like, scraping the plate, pre-rinsing it acting like we're bougie, you know, those type of things. So anyway, so we're doing these things and, and cleaning off the plates and, 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 and you know, scraping the plate. And they said, oh, he said, hey, pastor, you, you don't have to do that. You don't, you're, you're our guests here. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to clean the plate here. And so then I, I said, okay, well, I, you know, I'll get, to, you know, I notice the trash is full. So I, you know, I get to, I never do this at home either. And, and, <laughs> and, so, and so I get to trash. I'm like going to take it. And I'm like, no, pastor, you don't have to, you don't have to take the trash either. And they said, you, you, you're our guests here. We, we want to serve you. We, 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 don't, we don't want you to come to our house and clean. We, wanna, we want you to come to our house and, and, uh, and just enjoy it. And, and I thought to myself, how come Ashley doesn't tell me to not take out the trash? <laughs> you know, like, what's, what's really going on here, you know? And, 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 and I got to thinking because for our kids, we have certain rules at our house of, you know, when you eat something, we want you to bring your bowl back to, back to the sink and so it doesn't stay in your room, and, and, and we want you to clean up after yourselves. And I realize this, that we have different expectations from guests to family, right? When you're a guest, it's like, hey, we'll help take care of you. But when you're family, it's help us take on the load, Okay, and so, so as a family of a church, we're looking for you to help us take on the load, okay? 
we want you to pre-rinse the plates, okay? We want you to help take out the, these are the things. But so, so this, today's message is going to go along with serving, but ultimately it's serving where God wants you to serve. Okay, and so so I understand so many of you help in 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 so many different areas, um, and and I appreciate that. But we ultimately want to see you fulfill exactly exactly where God wants you to be. And so so how many know that it's important to be part of the church family, right? And so it's and if we're not careful, we will we will gain the guest mindset. Okay, the guest mindset would be I'm going to church and they're going to serve me, right? Come on, pastor. I've been waiting seven days for you to spit fire. I need the word, right? Or can you believe they were out of coffee today, right? It gets quiet. I see some of you coffee fiends, and they're literally tilting the butt. Like, I don't want anything that bad. But well, you guys are tilting the jug just to get more coffee out. But praise God. How many of you love the coffee here? So one of the great opportunities to serve um, and be part of our dream team is on the hospitality team. Mandy, you can see Mandy and Selena. They'd love to help you in that area. Shameless plugs all sermon. But if we're not careful, we'll, we'll gain, this, we'll gain this, uh, the, this, this guest mindset, Right? And our attitude will be, it's somebody else's job. Somebody else to take care of it. You know, the kids area, somebody else to take care of it. All I want to do is drop my kids off at the brand new uh, kids check-in, state-of-the-art check-in, which you have an opportunity to serve there if you'd like to. For that, you can see Deanna Moore, um, plenty of areas there. But here's the thing. I don't believe that that's what Paul meant when he said that we're all members of one body in Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 25. I believe when he said that, that we're all to work together as one body, right? So if we're one body, then we need to come together and we need to be part of that body. So how many of you know we're better together? Somebody say, we're better together. And how many know it's so much fun to serve together? You know, it's, it's fun. Like, like, like if you had to tell me, like, hey, we need you to go outside and paint the building. Like, okay, I'll go paint the building. But how many know it's better, like, to paint with somebody else? Right? Because then you get to talk and you get to get to know them and those kind of things like that. But here's the thing we need the church needs to get away from the attitude of I have rights but not responsibilities. Okay? So I'm gonna I'm gonna set this up for you and then I'm gonna dunk on you here in a minute, okay? So just hang tight with me. Because God has this way of shifting things. Okay? God has this way of shifting things in your life to get you out of your comfort zone. Getting away from the familiar. How many of you are super routine people? Okay? Like you get out of bed the same way, right? You, whatever, go let the dog out. You start the coffee. Like you're routine. How many of you are routine in your life? Okay? And what happens is, is if we're not careful, we'll become routine in our walk with God, right? And we won't begin to look for new opportunities where God can use us. I'll give you a perfect example. This conference that I was invited to with, with Rebecca and, and the team, um, you know, the, it, it, was, it was a prophetic conference. And you'll hear more about this over, over the next few, few, few weeks. But 
for me, it's, it's an area that I've never really been exposed to. Even as a pastor, I mean, obviously I know about it, and I know what the Bible says about it, but I've never really experienced it. You know, I've never been a part of it, and I had some questions going in, and I'll be honest with you, and, but I, I, t- I told God this. I, I want to get out of my comfort zone because if you can use me in this area, then use me. You know, like, I want to be a better vessel to God. So it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, I didn't have a full understanding, but now I have a, a really good understanding, and it's amazing. So I can't, can't wait to share that over you. But, but again, I, my prayer is every day that, God, don't let me get comfortable. Because when we get comfortable, we get complacent. When we get complacent, we become stagnant. We become stagnant, we become irrelevant. How many of you want to be irrelevant? No. Not this church. So we have to be, that was, I hope that got recorded because that was really good. That wasn't even on my notes. Not being, oh, here's the thing. We, we even see Jesus, a perfect example, our Savior, our King. We see Jesus get out of his comfort zone as he's about to be crucified. Okay, how many know Jesus did not want to be crucified? Okay, that is out of his comfort zone. Okay, not being in his comfort zone, but, but doing what he was called to do. And the religious people couldn't handle it. The religious people couldn't handle it. And that's, that's why they can't handle, even religious people can't handle our, our church harvest. We do things different. We have, that's a good thing that we do things different. Okay, if you guys didn't catch that, all right. I don't know if you guys are like, uh, is this good or not? Like, I'm not sure. Where's he going with this? Get your coffee, honey. Let's go. But here's the thing: is that is that we do things different. Look at us. We have we have white people worshiping next to black people, worshiping next to brown people, worshiping next to whatever. We have a, such a mix: old people, young people, tattoos, no tattoos, criminal record, no criminal record. Good credit, bad credit, like we got it all, right? But that's the diversity of the church. And here's the thing. The millionaire is just as welcome as the homeless person, right? And that's the part that the religious people have a problem with. And that's the same thing they had a problem with Jesus is how can he say that he's a king? Yet he's fulfilling his purpose. He's fulfilling what God called him to do. And here we are, a church, serving alongside of each other to love this city. See, God has a way of ordering our steps in such a way that you have to pack your bags and leave your comfort zone. And I believe that he's, he's even doing that in some of your lives right now. You've been so comfortable, but God is tugging on your heart to get involved or tugging on your heart to start a ministry or tugging on your heart to be a part of something. Because here's the thing. God wants you to pack your bags and leave your comfort zone so you can step into your destiny. That's your next destination, right? It's not, a, it's not pack your bags and we hope you figure out where you're going. It's like God truly wants to see you walk in your destiny. Because here's what I know is serving today and fulfilling what God wants you to do today, plant seeds for harvest later on. How many of you want to be seed planters? We see, and we see this even with Jesus. Jesus plants a seed when he goes and meets the woman, the woman at the well, right? And, 
And how many of you know this story? The woman, the woman at the well. Jesus, Jesus goes and, and he meets this woman from Samaria at this well. And, and she's like, uh, um, she, she gets around a little bit. She's had like five husbands and she's currently living with another one. And she comes to the well and she talks to Jesus. And Jesus like, why are you talking to me? And Jesus plants a seed in this woman. He shows her the love, right? He shows her what a true encounter of love is. And, and, and here's the thing. She came to the well thirsty for water but got filled up with the living water, right? And so Jesus planted a seed. And the story is short in the Bible, but it doesn't even give her name, which is crazy. But really, this was just a seed that Jesus was planting in Samaria that Philip, if you read the story, Philip later on reaped the harvest, right? And so, so here's the thing. We have some seed planters in this church. We have some, so, I mean, okay, you think about Dave and Kathy Maxwell, seed planters. Victor Nanez, Clayton and Marcia Johnson, uh, uh, Julie Dabiscus, uh, Karen Knight. We got, we got people that have been part of this church for a long time that have planted seeds that had oftentimes maybe even thought, is this thing ever going to grow, <laughs> right? And then now, we get, you know, now they're getting to see the, 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 the work of the harvest. Now they're getting to see, I mean, we talk about it all the time, I mean, look at the people around you. I mean, even today is a smaller day, and there's still 300 people sitting in here. You know, last week, it was three, almost 380 people that came to church last week. It's not about the people, but it's about the souls, okay? So that means 380 souls are coming to this church to get fed with, with Jesus. So here's the thing I know, is that we have to be seed planters. Because next year, when we have 500 people, then we get to reap the harvest. And those 500 people get to plant seeds and we have 1,000 and we move to our new building and, you know, all this, I don't know what building it is, but God does. Actually, I do know. I'm not gonna lie, I do know, but I'm waiting for God to give it to us, so. And that's gonna be a day of a miracle. Alan Betty Martinez, seed planters. Maggie Simpson, seed planter. So many more amazing, amazing seed planters in this church. And sorry if I didn't name you, but you're a seed planter. But here's the thing. We've had those seed planters that have been here for 20 years, 20 plus years part of this church. But then we also have you, a new family that's a seed planter that's been here for two weeks. You're a seed planter. Where you choose to plant your seed is up to you. And I thank God for all of their faithfulness in serving and being part of that. And we see Jesus, as he's at the one with the well, she drops her buckets and she runs into town. And who does she tell? She tells all the men, man, about Jesus and about this encounter that she has. And here's the thing. I want to speak life over all the women in here. I want to speak life. I mean, my wife this morning, I've never heard her preach like that. That was a whole other voice. I'm like, what is going on? But I want to tell you this, women, there's a place for you in ministry. And we call it out of you. We call you out of hiding in the corner. Quit thinking that you're not good enough. Quit thinking that your past is going to hold you back. Despite your mistakes, God is going to use you to do big things, women. And it's up to you. Come on, it's up to you to step forward. And I believe, I believe even there's some broken, hurting woman, women in this church right now that you're questioning, can God use me? And the answer is yes, he wants to use you. You have something to share. You have something to share. 
It's time to be courageous. It's time to be bold. And it's time to step forward into what God has called you to do. Hey, it's time to plant some seeds. It's time to plant some seeds, women. Hey, let me brag on the men real quick, too. Man, the women, you got it going on. You're fine. All the women go, hey. That was a warm-up. All the women go, hey. All the men go, yeah. All right. The men, hey, our men's ministry is on fire right now, man. We're meeting on, they're meeting on Monday nights, and part of it is Don Driver. He's leading, but he's breaking fresh bread every week, and it's super good. And but, but I love going down there. You know, as as pastor, I come in here on Monday nights, and I just I get some work done, and I'll sneak down there and listen to these guys. And and I took a picture the other day, and I didn't post it. I just didn't feel like it was right, but I want to tell you about it. And there's about 25, 20 guys around this table, and they're and they're ta- they're sharing their testimonies, man of what God is doing in their lives and, and to hear their stories, to hear some of them crying, to hear some of them, you know, just bragging on what God has done. And, and as I took this picture, God spoke these words to my heart. He said, with these men, there's no way that hell can take over this city. And I was so fired up, man. I'm like, come on, man. Like, if we get all the men fired up, we get all the women fired up, man, they, they can't contain us in this place, man. Here's the thing, man. It's time for you to realize your full potential. It's time for you to realize your full potential. So many of you cut yourself short, man. And you tell yourselves you can't do it. Or you tell yourselves, man, my past is, is bad. Well, my past is bad, too, and I'm leading y'all. So I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? So, but that's the grace of God, right? That's the grace of God. And, and here, here's, here's I heard this story, and, and I love it. I've used this illustration a lot, but but. You know, when they, when, when, when they train elephants to, to, to be in the circus, what they do is they take a, a two-foot stake and they drive it in the ground. And they put a 10-foot chain on the elephant when he's a baby or she's a baby. And, and, and they put a shackle around their ankle. And what happens is, is that elephant from a young age is taught as far as you can go is 10 feet. You're no more powerful than the chain that is binding you. Come on, I'm going somewhere now. You see, what happens is this is what the enemy tries to do in your life. He will, he will put a shackle and a small chain attached to something that has no authority over your life, and you'll think that's as far as you'll ever go. When God is saying, hold on a second, you're fixing to grow. Because put a... Put a how much do elephants weigh? Put a lot of elephant. That's the consensus answer we got. Hey, we love Jesus. We're not be the sharpest people, but we love Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. A lot. Is that an actual weight? A lot. Let's just say a ton. Okay, somebody Google it real quick and then yell the answer. So let's just say we have a one-ton elephant. That's a big elephant, okay? How many, how many pounds is in a ton? I'm asking a lot now. <laughs> You're like, brains are smoking, man. Okay, so we have, we have a, we have a one-ton elephant, okay? You take that same one-ton elephant and you put that same shackle over his ankle and that same chain over his, attached to that two-foot rod, you know how far he's going to go? Ten feet. You know why? He doesn't know his own potential. He's been trained to think he's less. He's been trained to think that that's as far as he's ever going to go. He's been trained to think that those chains are, are his bondage. 
So, so here's what I tell you today. You know, you know when we go to the doctor, they always want to know your family history. You know, did your dad have high blood pressure? Did your mom have diabetes? Is, you know, all these kind of things. Why do they want to know that? To establish history, right? And I believe if we were to look at this chain, this is the same thing the enemy does. Is he wants to, he wants to, to try to remind you that your mom had depression and that is now part of your chain. Right? He, and, and then that's what keeps you bound up to only go in 10 feet. That anxiety is another chain that he got you locked up with. Right? All these things, failed marriages, uh, whatever it is, bad financial management, whatever it is, he's got this chain and it's linked up to your ankle and that's what's holding you back. You don't even realize your own potential because for so long you were told you can only go 10 feet. That's as far as you're ever going to go. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I got so much more for you. I got so much more for you. Do you believe that this morning? Here's what I know is it's time to serve notice on the devil. It's time that his rule over the city is no longer. He has no authority in his places. His authority in this town has been too long. Jesus has taken over. That sounds cheesy as I'll get out, but it's so true, man. I know that the devil has tormented people for too long. Come on, I'm talking to somebody today. You know what? Just, just give God a praise for a few minutes. Come on, let me see you praise Jesus. That's all God gets. It's the God that saved you. Hey, this is the God that cut the chain so you're no longer held up in bondage. Come on, give him praise this morning. ask me why I didn't stay in Albuquerque a lot. That's the question I get asked a lot. Why, man, you in Albuquerque, that's where everybody wants to go. That's the destination. It's like you're pastoring in a big city, you're part, you know, you're in a big city, you're doing all these things, and why go there? And I said, isn't this my answer? I tell them, if you've asked me, you know this is my answer. I said, because God had an assignment for me here in Silver City. My assignment's not in Albuquerque. I could have stayed in Albuquerque and been comfortable. But here's the thing, when there's an assignment you have to listen to God. I believe God has assignments for all of you today. And I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to love this city. I'm on a mission to show this city the love of Jesus. I want to, tell, I want to brag on something that, that, that God's going to do this week. You guys want to hear it? Cool. I'm going to tell you anyway. So I got the mic. One of the things that you guys know my heart, I'm in competition with nobody. I want to I bring this city to unity. The other night at our, one of our, our, our uh, deeper classes, you know, we were, we were deep in prayer, man. God was moving. And there were some words that were spoken over this church, and one of the words that was spoken was unity. And that, that word unity I take very seriously. Um, and so what I did is I decided that I'd reach out to pastors in this city, and we'd invite them to our church, and we're going to feed them lunch on Wednesday. And then I talked to my board, and I said, guys, I want to buy these pastors a gift. I want to bless them with a gift. Can we do that? All of my boards say, absolutely, Pastor Clyde, let's do it. Because here's the thing. 
we gonna, we're going to be the trailblazers. We're going to be the ones that set the stage. So listen, I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on God. God's going to bring 12 pastors together this week, and we're going to sit in this area, and we're going to love on them. Our, our staff is going to feed them. We're going to feed them a dope meal. That's a good meal. It's a good meal. It's a good meal. Somebody say dope. I'll show up. We're here for the dope meal, Pastor. Just kidding. Just kidding. That's kind of funny. Moving on. Here we go. But anyway, we're gonna feed them. We're gonna feed them an absolutely great meal. Our staff is gonna our staff is gonna feed them, and we're gonna bless them with a gift. And here's here's my heart. I want to tell them, guys, look. If we came together as 12 churches in this county and put effort to loving this city, imagine what we can do to Satan, right? If we come together. And then we're going to invite them to do ministry with us. I don't care if you're Baptist, Catholic, Pentecostal, I don't care what you are, come and do ministry. God is good. I'm excited for that, man. I'm excited for that. Man, let me tell you one other, let me tell you one other thing. I'm so excited. We're going to have the most amazing sunrise service for Easter. I'm giving you a heads up that right now. A sunrise service. We're expecting over 1,000 people to attend our sunrise service. Man, it's going to be fire. Just pay attention, okay? Pay attention. So I just want to give you guys something excited. Hey, and pray with me about it. Pray with me about it. I got a lot of notes, and we've got a lot of time. We still got water baptisms today. Let's move forward. Okay. Hey, how many of you like to do puzzles? Okay. Puzzle doers? Okay. So my wife loves to do puzzles, and, uh, and, and, and she, buys, she buys, like, not the easy puzzles. She buys, like, the 10,000-piece puzzles, and, and it's like Disney, and it's like they're all the same color and all this kind of thing, and she's really good at it. But here's what I know. I, I stop by the puzzle every once in a while, and I, I try to help, um, and I get a couple pieces, and I'm just like, this has got to fit here. Right? How many of you do puzzles like that? Okay? And here's what I know is that, that we can't try to cram uh, something that doesn't fit into where it doesn't fit. Okay? So what, what I'm saying today is, is we speak life over you, and we want you to be part of this church, and, and we want you to find your destiny. Let's not cram you into somewhere you don't, you don't fit. Okay? If you don't like kids, I don't want you down there with our kids. Okay? Like, that's not a good fit. Everybody say, amen, that's not a good fit. Okay? But here's what I know. Is that so? We want you to have the right fit, but we also want you. Timing is key. We say timing is key, okay? Because here's what I know about the puzzle. I'm not a very good puzzle doer, but where do you start with the puzzle? The outside, okay? Why? You got to set the boundaries first, right? Okay. We never start the puzzle in the middle. I'm about to tell you, brother. That's a good question. Be patient, <laughs> okay? Get ahead of me, dog. I got two more pages of notes for this. But so the reason we don't the reason we don't start in the middle is because if we start in the middle, there's no there's no place of boundaries in the middle. Key the key to it is timing. The key to it is timing, right? If we just start in the middle, we don't know what pieces go where. But when we start on the outside, it's easy to see all this flat edges go on the outside first, and then we can start building to the middle. Here's the thing, timing, timing is key, timing is key. So, so we see Jesus, we see Jesus step into his calling in, 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 in the right timing, okay? Let me show you. Jesus was 33 years old when he stepped into his calling. 
33 years old, okay? So that means he had already lived 33 years of his life before he stepped into his calling. When he encountered God is when his purpose was revealed, right? When he, when, 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 when he, when he got baptized and God came down, the Holy Spirit came down, this is the one time in the, in that we see in the Bible where all three, the, the Trinity was together at one time. What did God speak over his son? This is my son who I am well pleased. Why is he well pleased? Because he knew the road that he was fixing to take. And, it, and although it was not in his comfort zone, it was part of his calling. So I'm not saying you're, I'm not saying that your calling is going to be easy, but timing is key. Timing is key. Are you with me? Are you following me so far? Okay. So God wants to launch you into your destiny. He wants to launch you into your destiny. Don't despise humble beginnings. Don't despise humble beginnings. Serve with a servant's heart. Serve with a servant's heart. You say, I don't know where God wants me. I don't know what he wants me to do. Ask yourself this question. How many of you, how many of you truly have no clue where God wants to use you? Raise your hand. Okay, I'm going to help you, okay? Ask yourself this question. What am I passionate about? There's a reason why God gave you a passion for it. He gave you a heart for it, right? And for some of you, I believe it's kids ministry. For some of you, I believe it's hospitality. For some of you, man, you may be preachers out there, but let's call that out of you. Let's get you to use those gifts. Let's get you to use those talents. Thank you for listening to today's service. If you feel led to give or would like more information about the church, please check us out at harvestsc.com. And tune in next week for more. We here at Harvest love you and pray that God will bless you and keep you. Harvest, go be the church.